Last time on, on this, this paranormal, paranormal life. life. We are in Enfield, North London, in 1977. Peggy hears some banging and shuffling about. It's coming from the drawers by the doorway. Before she could even get any closer, the drawers shuffled forward. Within days, the story was on the cover of the Daily Mirror, the house of strange happenings. So a senior reporter by the name of George Fallows went with photographer David Thorpe to the house. And not only that, they turned to the Society for Psychical Research for help. And they sent newbie paranormal investigator Morris Gross along for the ride. Morris and Guy from the Society had decided that since the entity keeps knocking all over the house, that they would try and openly communicate with them through knocking. Knock once for no and twice for yes. Oh my god. Did you die in this house? Welcome back to This Paranormal Life. We are talking about part two of the investigation into the Enfield haunting. I mean, there's... <laughs> we are doing such an exciting investigation ahead of us, Rory. I can barely contain myself. Well, I hope so, because not much happened in part one. So. I don't know what you're talking about. Hopefully. Stuff was flying left, around the center, all over the house. Uh, lots of people were dumbfounded, including our listeners and... Uh, just going to pull up here, see what they thought about last week. I wouldn't do that. And, I wouldn't uh, read the comments. Uh, listen, our, our fans, listen, the customer's always right. Let's see what they had to say. I, I, okay. So uh, Arthur K says, what a washout. Okay, no, I'm not going to. Don't read that. I I'm wouldn't read any read that one. But I bet there's others in here. Part two was unbelievable. It hasn't hey, happened yet. Right. So unbelievably. Oh, wow. It gets kind of negative in the second half of that sentence, come to think of it. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to put the phone down. That seems smart. Uh, put it to the back of my mind. Move on. Breeze <laughs> past it. Uh, so last week, we heard about... I can't move past it. No. Uh, You're like, one of, these is actually from, one of these is actually from you, Rory. Big mistake. I picked a nerd to pod with. That honestly hurts to see. What also hurts to see is it has 4K likes. Yeah, it's the top comment uh, on our Reddit is actually a post me threatening to go solo. It says ad campaign 75% complete. Did you boost this post on Facebook? Sure, I, I boosted it. I used a bit of the Patreon money this month to boost the post. It actually, oh, wow, it looks like you use about six six months revenue from, from Patreon. That's, you gotta invest. I feel like you should have told me about that. If you wanna be the best. Last week, we heard about Peggy Hodgson, her four kids, and the initial events of 1977 that would become known as the Enfield Haunting. What started as just unexplained sounds around Peggy's house quickly escalated into moving furniture, toys, general poltergeist activity. The authorities quickly got involved alongside press and paranormal investigators, and virtually everyone who set foot in the house saw the paranormal with their very own eyes. Ooh. Right as we finished last week, Morris and Guy were holding a kind of seance in the house, trying for the first time to communicate directly with the ghost by asking it to make sounds in response to questions. Did you die in this house? Are there more here than, than just you? Three, there's three people? You're right. He knocked three times. Uh. Despite Morris saying knock, uh, once for no and twice for yes, everyone in the room is looking at each other like, what does this mean? Maybe he meant like, yeah, no. 
<laughs> like, are there are there more of you? Yeah, no. I know. There's no option for maybe. God damn it. Yeah. Morris says, "Oh, uh, are you having a game with me?" And suddenly, a cardboard box full of cushions flew across the room and hit Morris in the face. Oh my god! This thing is getting violent. Last week, it was throwing Legos around, but this is like a ghost, like a box. That's a ghost right hook. Yeah. That's oh, not 100%. pulling a punch. Like a Lego is like a little, it's like, you know, it's a poltergeist. It's a little kid messing around, teasing you. You're like, hey, stop it, you little so-and-so. Ghosts are like members of the mafia. All right? They're tight-lipped. Right. They've paid their dues on Earth. Now they're in a place where they don't want to answer any questions. Yeah. You know? Who are you? How many ghosts are in this house? You start prodding this little ghost and needling him, he's going to be like, I ain't saying f- nothing and he's gonna throw a box of pillows at you even when you get to the other side your snitches still get stitches (laughs) snitches go to hell (laughs) if you're already in purgatory you don't want to uh, risk your situation in purgatory like it's it's like being in prison if yeah if you're there in good behavior maybe you get upgraded to the bigger suite it's uh, true a little a little more (laughs) privileges maybe you get an extra pudding at at, uh, lunch uh, and then eventually you get up to heaven. But if, if you start snitching on people, maybe even people that are still alive, yeah, best believe you're going downstairs. Even if you snitch on the devil, <laughs> you're still going down. He's like, I know it's my thing. I want to be bad. I want to be seen as bad. But that also wasn't cool. Yeah. So just a couple of days later, it was Janet's birthday. This is Peggy's daughter. And obviously the kids have been really stressed out insanely stressed out they've had stranger after stranger visiting the house absolutely no proper sleep because of all the voices they went on holiday and if you remember when they came back from holiday they jumped right into a seance yeah terrible idea you need some time to detox so obviously to celebrate janet's birthday an Argentinian psychic named Eduardo <laughs> Balanovsky examined the kids with an EMF reader and held an all-night investigation. Cake in one hand, EMF scanner in the other. It's going all night. Janet didn't get a slice. Eduardo said it would interfere with the reader somehow. He ate the whole <laughs> thing. And I don't know if it, there's a specific thing with pillows, but Eduardo reported that twice that night, Janet's pillow was thrown across the room, and each time the EMF reader popping off like crazy. Mm. New poltergeist activity was happening basically every night. I think the next night at around 5am, Janet was, quote, tipped out of bed and her mattress landed on top of her. Whoa! And Peggy was getting more exasperated. So she thought back to that first seance with Morris that he had held in the house, and... He had actually told her to try communicating with the poltergeist herself. Try and open up a dialogue. See what this thing wants. Okay. See if you can come to terms with it. Maybe come to peace with it. So she grabbed a bunch of pens and paper and just lay them in different places around the house. It's actually a lot more straightforward than where I thought he was going with this. I thought there was going to be crystals, maybe like a a radio tuned to the paranormal frequencies. Yeah. Pens and paper. Is it that th- is the assumption that he's going to write something on the paper? Oh yeah, it's that simple. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought like maybe the paper would roll in a certain way, or the pens would leak, or we no. were we've been over agony all these years. Yeah. Damn. I punched <laughs> a hole in a wall once and shoved in the tip of a Dyson, hoping to suck a ghoul out of the walls. You're telling me this whole time all I needed was a 
sharpie and an A4. I put up a giant rat trap and inside put a little vial of virgin's blood, aka my own blood, to see if the thing would bite. And it did. The rat trap did on my hand. That's right. I couldn't stay away from the bish. So Peggy laid out the paper, left out a bunch of sharpies, sat in the living room and called out, leave me a message. Please, people, clip that out and use that as your answering machine for your phone. (laughs) (laughs) Beep, leave me a message. You can get the polyphonic version for only five bucks a month. (laughs) Then, in the silence, she patiently waited. I guess maybe listening for the sound of pen on paper somewhere in the house. This thing's been doing some pretty crazy stuff. Like, she didn't know if... It was going to like Matilda style, just like everything starts (laughs) swirling around the room. Yeah. But nothing. She starts walking around the house, checking the paper she left on. But there was nothing written. Then she entered the kitchen. I guess she maybe wanted a midnight snack, a little glass of milk to get back to bed. But when she opened up the fridge, she saw a note in there. What? In the fridge? I'll stay in the house. Don't read this to anyone. Or I will retaliate. Oh boy. For the first time, Peggy is is feeling a sense of threat or danger from this poltergeist. And this was only about to get worse. In the coming days, a Brazilian psychic visited the house from the Sao Paulo State Spiritist Federation. Which is insane (laughs) because the Brazilian paranormal community are sending their people now apparently. To Enfield, yeah. To the UK to a council flat. This is almost unbelievable. How is word getting around? How's it being spread? What year is this, did you say? 1977. Uh, okay, I guess that's a little further than I thought. I mean, there's no internet. What, in 1977? Was there not? Hey Siri, when was the internet invented? Internet was formed in 1969. What? So we need to, we need to look a little further <laughs> into this because I don't think the answer is quite as clear cut. Are you that? calling Siri a liar? Okay, when was the World Wide Web open to the public? When did it become publicly available? 1991. Oh, that's not what Siri says. Well, you didn't ask her that. Siri, call kid an ass. Hey, Siri, tell Rory that he's a piece of shit. Whoa! Watch watch it, all right? your message. <laughs> Ready to send it? Don't- yes. Siri, cancel! Siri, no! It's sent. No! Oh, shit, man. Yeah, tell Kitty's a little don't, bitch. Don't reply. I'm going to I'm going to come in, I'm going to come into his room at night and kick his ass. Ready to send it? Yes, don't send it, send but it. take out a bunch of the the stutters cuz I want to sound confident. Rory Powers said, "Yeah, tell Kitty's a little bitch. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna come into his room." She didn't take out the stutters. Wow, not very eloquent, buddy. She was supposed to take out the stutters. This uh, Brazilian medium's name was Luiz Gasparetto, and he was a skilled spiritual artist. He would close his eyes, enter a trance state where suddenly his hands would start moving quickly across paper and was able to communicate with spirits. Okay. But he didn't come to the Hodgson's just to do it himself, but rather to show Peggy and the kids how to do it, which makes sense because... They're the ones who have this relationship with the poltergeist. I suppose so, yeah. The next morning, Peggy's daughter, Janet, tried this method of spiritual drawing. Paranormal investigator Guy Lyon Playfair, who's been on the scene for a few weeks at this point, he said, That morning, 
Janet began to draw while still not fully conscious, according to her mother. She was quite peaceful, Mrs. Hodgson told me, but not quite with us. She just took a pad of paper and some felt-tip pens and drew nine drawings at great speed, giving the impression she was not consciously aware of what she was doing. The drawings were not very nice. The first was of a woman with blood pouring out of her throat. The blood was slashed onto the paper in red ink. The others were all on the theme of blood, knives and death. One drawing just consisted of the word blood written several times over the page. Oh my god. I would say at this point in the investigation, everyone involved had started to realize that Janet, 12-year-old Janet, appeared to be the focal point for a lot of what was going on. Uh, Janet was the first child to notice that the furniture had been moving in the first place. She was the one who got kicked out of bed and the mattress thrown on her. She was found sleeping in weird places all over the house. And now she's the one going into what seems like a demonic trance, drawing all kinds of disturbing things. This idea wasn't helped when on December 3rd, Morris, doing one of his all-night vigils it seems like, saw not just Janet sleeping in a weird place, but uh, sliding down the stairs, head first, still asleep. What? Yeah. He's a human toboggan. Given that the poltergeist is pretty much now posing a real threat to Janet's safety, a few days later, two psychologists attended another kind of seance. The fact that Janet's being possessed and sliding down the stairs like a freaking bobsled, and this happened during a all-night seance that's also taking place. I'm assuming there's every single room in this house is full of some sort of investigator investigating something. I did see one figure getting bandied about okay that by the end of this investigation i think like 40 people had been involved that's too way too many people way too many people it's too many cooks for sure yeah the broth is haunted i I do find it pretty funny that psychologists are brought in which seems like a kind of grown-up adult sensible rational thing to do but they're only brought in to babysit the seance that takes (laughs) place they don't come in and just like call it all off and call like social services they're like that's cool we'll make sure janet doesn't hurt herself while she's sliding down the stairs face first i really like the idea of you know all these people in all these rooms doing these seances you know the truck full of psychologists walk in the front door and all the paranormal investigators like take off their earphones and they're like well 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 looks like we've got a couple of bookworms boys and it's like well if it isn't the paranormal investigators Still chasing the ghost, cuckoo head? Where'd you get that degree, guy? Over on crystallinks.com. You son of a bitch! You <laughs> take that back! You wanna see ghosts? I'll let you see ghosts! I'll kill you right here! It's not worth it, Terry. Don't lose your cool. This whole time, <laughs> the friggin' daughter's just sliding up and down the stairs. So Morris is leading another seance, two psychologists uh, sitting in on the session trying to make contact with the ghost. But this time, instead of just asking it to knock, which we know went south pretty quick last time, they're just saying, cut to shit. The games are over. Speak English, asshole. Uh, you're going to pretend you can write fun little notes in the fridge, but you can't speak? Yeah. Bull shite. So like before, they all sit around a table. Peggy, the kids, Morris, two psychologists, another 38 or so investigators, and they ask the poltergeist to speak. 
Let me hear you say my name. Come on, let me hear you say my name.
Well, what do you got 68 dogs for? So they can protect me from you killing me. They can bite your idol. How can we kill you, Bill? You say he has 69 dogs? <laughs> you can shoot me off. Nice. Now, how, do we, how can we shoot you if we can't see you, Bill? He's run out of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> or he's realized that he just told them how to get rid of him accidentally. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? We have to pray to God to get rid of you? Uh, ooh. Um, no. They're like, oh, fine. Uh, our father who are. No, no, no. I meant the devil. Well, if, pray if, to the devil. If you're, we heard you the first time. <laughs> no. You just cough. All the voices you just heard were coming from Janet. Okay. That's disturbing. Did you pick out any key phrases just now? Something about a radio? Yeah. Was that about the 30p? Yeah, that it was under the radio. Yeah. 30p under radio. Okay. Something about having 69 dogs. Uh, He started rapping, at, almost rapping <laughs> at one bit. They were like, why would you do that? And it was like, because I'm a G-H-O-S-T. <laughs> baby there was something about yeah about he, he was like you could kill me by praying to god and they were like what we can get rid of you by praying to god he was like yeah really upfront with that yeah i mean i don't is that the case with all ghosts i guess yeah if, if it's like talking about ghosts in the in a religious sense for yeah. sure if you're talking about casper the little atheist <laughs> <laughs> that big bang believing son of a bitch mm-hmm. he's stuck for life right because guess what you don't believe in heaven you don't believe in hell well you believe in this world and that's where you're stuck yeah he's not going anywhere no if you don't believe in heaven or hell uh you better keep believing and working 45 <laughs> hours a week uh in the grind of the big city aka hell <laughs> <laughs> oh wow um one of the key things he said here was that a his name was bill wilkins apparently the voice that came through janet actually was a number of different spirits on a number of different occasions but the character the person that was featured most often that we just heard now was bill wilkins okay and they asked him how did he die bill was very specific i went blind I had a hemorrhage, I fell asleep and died on a chair downstairs in this house. Wow, that's surprisingly not that exciting. Yeah, very realistic though. Yeah. Bill was, as it happens, a real person. And even a relation of Bill's got in touch over the course of this investigation. They must have looked him up in the phone book. He confirmed that this was how Bill Wilkins went. So pretty interesting that this was factually correct. Hmm. Um, What are your initial impressions? I mean, it's pretty impressive that that noise came from a 12-year-old girl. Pretty alarming. I don't even think I could make that noise. Yeah. That's that's terrifying. Yeah, I don't... If this is a... If this is a lie, I don't know what the point is in it. Mm-hmm. To to talk about a story in such elaborate detail. Yeah, I. this is really strange. 
I haven't seen yet how any one of the family members would benefit from making this up. Yeah. Aside from just the buzz, the publicity of having a haunted flat. Right now, all eyes are on Janet, like we said, and she's the one who this voice is coming from. So people are, of course, going to be saying, especially if they hadn't heard those recordings, are going to say, she's making it up. She's a very clever, very imaginative little girl. Yeah. A bit like we saw in the Jeff the Mongoose case, (laughs) where voices were coming from the walls. It turned out to be one of the kids. Yeah. And right here, we've got a kid who this voice is coming from, but crucially... Everyone, including Morris, the chief investigator here, was very skeptical about how Janet could even be making this noise. At one point, he claims that he got her to hold water in her mouth and then taped up her mouth with duct tape. This feels wrong. And got her to try and <laughs> hit her say with a she- cattle prod. <laughs> and then, hung her upside down in a and box. Said, "Where'd you die now, Bill?" <laughs> But he tried to get her to say uh, difficult phrases like um, even ventriloquists can't say, such as apparently bottle of beer, things like that. Uh. Um, and according to him, this didn't change the sound of the voice. And Janet said in recent years, um, I knew when the voices were happening, of course, it felt like something was behind me all the time. They did all sorts of tests. They filled my mouth with water and so on. But the voices still came out. I thought that was kind of curious i mean in a sense the water duct tape thing proves something i guess but at the same time like we're so outside the realms of science right now that it's like how the sounds came out of her mouth is kind of the least of my worries yeah yeah Uh, to call that an experiment i think is is maybe overstating it a little bit still kind of interesting like i don't i mean i think we're so used now to in films and media probably from this case, stuff like The Exorcist, we kind of get the concept that someone's possessed. It's like, cool, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. You're not really worried about how it's coming out. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing, possession, when you try and break it down in terms of how it could be happening physically. Because like from a, you know, from the definition of the word, it's like, okay, someone, their, I don't know, their spirit or their psyche or consciousness is possessed by... um by a spirit or a demon but then how do you test that like from a scientific standpoint you, can you locate where the voice is coming from can you try and like analyze the waveforms and find mm. out if it has anything unique about it it's a very difficult thing it, it's not just like oh there's a there's fr- there's friggin goo ectoplasm leaking down the walls we can pop that up in a little test tube and run it to I don't know, the night labs yeah. and get them to sort it out. This is like, this is audio. It's, yeah. it's very hard to test audio. Like I say, now this investigation- became- We need to knock her out and chop her <laughs> okay, open. Okay, no. We gotta find the voice. She's a little girl. Look, I- can't do that. I've talked about kids a lot on this podcast before. Have you? I don't trust them. I, I don't think you've ever- They're weak and they can't fight for shit. Before. So to have, of course they are. They're tiny. Have a tw- having a twelve-year-old. You know, you were a kid once. Saying, "Don't remind me, you son of a bitch." I've grown up and I've changed for the better. Now I could fight any kid. Well, yeah. any kid in the world. But it should be about who could you fight. If you want to show how tough you are, it should be about who you could fight. Who's your peer? What other grown no. man could you fight? No, no, no. I don't. I don't know about that. That sounds really scary. 
Yeah, probably. That sounds like I'd probably have get you my ever ass watched. Kicked. Have you ever watched like UFC or boxing? UFC, the ultimate fighting child. Yeah, I no, have. No, where I don't even want to actually forget. I don't want to know where you saw that. That's insane. It's a little known Ukrainian uh, <laughs> pay-per-view TV show. That I that I produce, edit, and host. Oh, Jesus. You know what? Sometimes I get in the ring myself. My point being, it's hard to trust children in paranormal circumstances. You don't work with kids and animals. Yeah, that's even, what they even say. Even in the paranormal. <laughs> you don't want to be looking into a haunted dog, let me tell you that. But like I say... The investigation became truly all about Janet. All eyes were on her. And that's good because at this point in the story, she starts levitating. What? On the 15th of December, 1977, local lollipop lady Hazel Short was walking past the Hodgson's house at 11.45am coming back from a little lunchtime break. Out of the corner of her eye, she looked through the upstairs window of number 284 and saw, curiously... A red cushion on the roof of the building. Then she heard a bang as a book hit the upstairs window. Then she watched as Janet appeared to levitate inside the window. Then that she, quote, started going up and down as though someone was tossing her in a horizontal position. What? Interestingly, it wasn't just Hazel that saw this. Because I know what you're saying, we can't trust lollipop ladies. A local worker called John Rainbow, who reported seeing... F*** off. He reported seeing her... Hazel the lollipop lady okay. and John Rainbow? Okay. What is he, a Oompa Loompa? It was the, it was the 70s, <laughs> sir. It was a time of free love and experimentation. He reported seeing her floating around in her bedroom and banging up against the window. And when Hazel was asked the pertinent question whether Janet was likely to be bouncing on a mattress in the way that kids do, yeah. she said there was no way because she was uh, horizontal, not jumping on her feet. Okay. Because yeah. if you're bouncing on a bed, you've got to be on your feet or your knees, really. That checks out. She actually went to as much hassle as saying, she's like, no, if you bounced on your stomach or your back, you could bounce once or twice to a decent height. But, like, yeah. you couldn't continuously bounce like that. I'm a man who's bounced on a lot of beds in his life. Right. Um, and you're completely correct. Yeah. I once broke a hotel bed <laughs> uh, w- within the first 30 minutes of being there. Of course. By trying to bounce on it. Actually, I've, I've been with you when I was bouncing on a bed before. That's <laughs> true. Where I bounced up so high that I hit my head on the ceiling and then fell down onto the bed. I wish I could say that that's, like, a private story you shouldn't tell anyone. But it's a vlog. Yeah, I think it's on YouTube, it's actually, on YouTube. where I smashed my head. Yeah. yeah. So look, I'm a guy who's jumped on a lot of beds. Was I ever possessed? No. But I also had to use my legs and ass to bounce. If I was lying horizontally, no bounce. It's not happening. It's true. Unless she's doing the old trampoline trick where you get uh, people on all sides of you <laughs> to kind of bounce while you bounce. And then if anyone listening has ever had a trampoline, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. We called it the power bounce. We call- <laughs> Or the turbo jump. We call it the widow maker. <laughs> because if you get enough children in the corners of the trampoline, the kids go to the shadow realm. <laughs> Little Jimmy will slip the surly bonds of earth <laughs> and escape into the unknown vast universe. We always knew it would happen and yet we always did it. 
imagine trying to get the ultimate turbo bounce and then you just do it one time and the kid just disappears like into the vacuum of non-existence you nailed it that perfectly that it just it just disappeared into a different timeline you become a cloud face and join all the other kids who have died doing the turbo jump Timmy's mom comes around to pick him up later that day. It's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's gone. I do remember that, like, some kids would even have, like, the net, like, the six foot high net. Oh, yeah. You are- People went over that. <laughs> that did jack all. That net was not insured against the power bounce. Now, of course, these sightings of uh, levitation had to be verified. So the paranormal investigators, who presumably have not slept, in weeks because they're doing all night investigations 24 7 but they stayed in the house overnight yet again while the kids slept waiting for the paranormal to occur and rory they weren't disappointed now i can show you these famous as hell images of janet mid levitation quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now... This thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Oh. If you, sir, would like to key through some of these images on Google Image to the right. All right, all right, all right. We have a, a, something of a slideshow. Okay, guys, we got some pretty weird pictures here. This, these are some old school developed photos that look like a child ha- hovering in the air. There's two beds uh, in this little bedroom. And in one bed, I presume it's one of the other daughters who's 
you know, sleeping pretty sound. That's right. Whereas Janet is midair, almost Neo style karate <laughs> kick, where it does the what do you call the bullet time like three sixty oh, thing, yeah. hovering there. I will. I mean, these look some of these look pretty insane. I will say a lot of them do look like she's jumping off of the bed, and the picture was taken right as she jumped. Yeah. Because despite the description that we had from the lollipop lady, this is very much feet pointing down, body kind of upright but crouched. That's true. This isn't what you're thinking when you think of levitation, uh, where the body's completely flat, completely horizontal, and just hovering there in the air. But there are some weirder ones. There's one where it almost looks like she's doing like a, a religious uh, cross pose, which is kind of freaky. In, in a couple of them, her feet haven't even left the bed yet. Which isn't a good sign. Like, there's literally... Her feet are on the bed. Right, well, I mean, the levitation's gotta start at some point. I guess, but... Why is she standing on her pillow? I mean, that must be some kind of Photoshop or someone's... I don't know, it's part I, of the it's part of the collection. Okay, well, it, it, it probably wasn't supposed to be there, because that doesn't sound very convincing. Yeah, you might have want to run through these images before you, you, you threw them over to me. Okay, well, what Roy, what Roy's looking at is uh, it is a gif. As it well. is a yeah. gif. Uh, someone I did see this. Someone has arranged the photos. I think this is useful for us. Someone has arranged a few of these photos in gif form to show one fluid movement from bed to levitating. Yeah, and it does look a bit like a jump. It does. I actually think this is misleading. Because they've obviously taken a collection of the pictures and tried to turn it into some sort of like fluid animation. Whereas if we we know the kind of cameras that they were working with back in these days, they weren't presumably capable of taking these like shutter shot images uh, back to back to try and get a stop motion image. Yeah, I mean, if we want to be pedantic, if you look at the other kids in the room, it doesn't line up with what's happening. There we go. That's uh, a better way of looking at it. So, but you do make a great point that... What she's doing here isn't strictly levitating. The researchers themselves, such as Morris and Guy, claimed that this was real. They were there in the room. They personally took these photos. I think there's even a photo there where one of them is like reacting to what's happening and he's like freaking out in the room. They say that Janet was going from a horizontal position on the bed to this up upright vertical position in the air within a fraction of a second. They actually, I think, timed it at one point. They were claiming that this <laughs> this thing was happening within like 0.6 of a second. What? So like faster, the point being faster than she could go from lying in her bed to upright jump off the bed. She is turbo jumping straight out of bed <laughs> and across the room. Now, we know she does have three other siblings, which would lead us to believe there's some power bounces going on. Under the covers, yeah. But at least one of the other kids is in bed in the same image, so... That's a good point. That's a good point. Janet later said in an interview, the levitation was scary because you didn't know where you were going to land. I remember a curtain being wound around my neck. I was screaming. I thought I was going to die. My mom had to use all her strength to rip it away. The man who spoke through me, Bill, seemed angry because we were in his house. And now, paranormal events were firing on all cylinders. The family's pet goldfish died. No! Uh, not bubbles! Two of them, in fact. And Bill said, quote, I've done that. Uh, claiming that he electrocuted them with spirit energy. 
What? Then on Peggy's birthday, listen, the special days have not been going that well so far. On the day they came back from holiday, there was a seance. Yeah. On Janet's birthday, another there seance. was another seance. I think yeah. that got pretty violent. I mean, stop doing the seances, at least on the special occasions. So they did. They didn't plan a seance for Peggy's birthday. Peggy's like, I need a, I need a day to pamper myself. Sure. Just kick back. Big mistake. The word shit had been written in shit on a wall. That's not paranormal anymore. Not paranormal. But given everything else that's happening, it's pretty alarming. It's weird. And by now, different family members are claiming to see different shadowy figures around the house, as if the ghosts themselves were starting to take physical form. It was around this time, in the melee of reporters and investigators coming to the house, They were obviously and correctly worried about Janet's health, both mentally and physically. So she was checked into Maudsley Hospital for a number of days. And whilst nothing paranormal happened to her while she was there, as soon as she returned, she claimed to see the figure of a little boy in the house. And things were pretty much back to normal. Look, I know we throw this phrase around a lot on the podcast, but you got to burn it down and you got to move on. That's right. That's the motto of the paranormal commune, all right, guys? Burn it down and move on. We've already established that it's something to do with the house. When they left for vacation, everything was fine. When she left to be hospitalized and examined, everything was fine. It's true. Bill doesn't want you in the house. He killed Bubbles. He wrote shit on the wall. You got to get out. You got to burn it down. Communication, exorcisms, and hospital visits had clearly done nothing to help. Until the arrival... Of yet another expert. Oh, God. Dono Gmele Gmeling. I'm straight up going to apologize. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce uh, his name. A Dutch medium known for his healing skills. And he came to the house in 1978 because we've run right through Christmas into the new year at this point. So in the new year, uh, he came to the house and Guy said about him, I actually don't know what he did. Uh, He didn't speak English. He went up to the bedroom on his own, didn't do any kind of ceremony, came back down and implied that that was it. After he left, things definitely calmed down. Oh, wow. That's badass. (laughs) It's pretty cool. What a cool Dutch cowboy thing to do. Kind of roll into town. Yeah. You know, new place, new problems, new people. Just moseys up to the top one, fires off a six-shooter into the wall, and he's like, they won't be bothering you anymore. It's a very Mandalorian of him, I'll it say It is, that. yeah. Just showing new... He's probably left that house to go fly to another haunted house and do the same thing and solve their problems. That's a member of the Galactic 12 right there, for <laughs> sure. I feel like if we had... I feel like we jumped the gun with the first Galactic 12. If we had waited for lots of subsequent episodes, we would have put together a really crack team. That's Well, we didn't assemble all of them, did we, in the first one? We just said Ryan Gosling. Oh, well, that's true. Ryan Gosling's really the looks. He isn't, like, particularly expert in anything. Morale as well. He's the face of it. Right. But this is good because you need, obviously, sure, the Galactic 12 implies that they are soldiers that will be exploring the galaxy. But you don't know what you have out there. You need people who are experts in different different industries. You know, Ryan Gosling, great actor, very handsome man. That's a good quality in itself. This guy, he's a healer. He can kill spirits, apparently. That's pretty good to have in, pretty in case you well. go to a ghost planet. I'm pretty sure we had the guy who invented the gun. 
that's pretty smart to know weaponry. Maybe throw in like a doctor as well or something. You know, you need you need a diverse portfolio of action heroes. Maybe throw in like a I don't know someone who works at Dunkin' Donuts. Why not? You, you got always eat. do some with someone who knows his way around a, a pastry. And if you're gonna assemble a top tier of the most handsome, charming men, you're gonna need a podcaster in there at some point. So sure. You know, I the, guess I volunteer. The donut guy is going to get pretty bored on an intergalactic flight. They so. all are, yeah. So it's one of each profession. So if they need a podcaster, sure, I'd take that. I'd take that role on. Well, I don't really see how that's obvious. I feel like there should at least be like a like a vote with which I would probably win. Well, it, it's not really about the vote. It's like it, it, you just, you're born with it. It's like the spirit of the Galactic 12. You just come out, you're like branded for life as like a brother of the realm you know, and I think I have that. Okay, well, I think that too. So maybe if like, I don't know if they wanted like someone who could like clean, like your room's pretty tidy. Maybe you could just like sweep and shit. Sweep and shit? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else you do except for this podcast. You know so. what? Okay, it. Uh, I guess they actually do need a clean ship. And uh, actually, they don't need any podcasters. No, hold on a second. That's not, f- hold on. This is both of us in front of the board <laughs> arguing for our position. Look, this little dickhead couldn't podcast to save his life. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling's like, I don't think we need a cleaner or a podcaster. <laughs> Who let them in? There's already 12 of us. <laughs> I'm just going to say, guys, Galactic 13. It's got a good ring to it, all right? Not 14, though. Don't let this little bastard kit on board the ship. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, The Rock, and the Dalai Lama are all playing cards in the background, ready to take them. off. Just ignore them, yeah. <laughs> I made my own jacket. <laughs> he spelt galactic wrong. <laughs> oh, f*** it. Dono from the Wild West rolls in, and after he does, things more or less did stop at number 284. The press still occasionally followed up and there were some outbursts from Janet and the family but everyone was more or less able to get on with their lives and to try and piece together what happened over the last year or so. And once they started looking back and asking questions, um, one nugget of information did come out that I think is pretty important. Okay. Janet admitted that shortly before this all started... Her and her sister played a Ouija board. Oh, no. And they think they might have unleashed a demon in the house. It's a bad, it's a risk you, you run. And the rest of this is kind of history. The Enfield haunting went from being headline news in its time to being just one of the most famous paranormal cases in history. Many, many books were written about it. The likes of uh, Guy and Morris went on to write about it and talk about it in their careers. I didn't even get into it, but two extremely famous investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren from the States, they looked into it. Um, they're kind of the basis of the Conjuring movie about this case. Yeah, I saw that movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. There's lots of movies made about this, it seems like. Yeah. Um, I just didn't mention them so much because uh, I think they broadly thought this was true, but they didn't necessarily add anything more than the stamp of approval to it. Right. And what makes this unusual compared to the other cases we've talked about is the kind of broad acceptance of what happened by the people who were there. Uh, The Society for Psychical Research, who sent their couple of investigators, decided that there was, quote, good evidence for genuine poltergeist activity, but 
declined to comment on specific instances. So they wouldn't sign off on the levitation or any of that. But looking at the case as a whole, they thought it was pretty legit. As I say, Guy Lyon Playfair and Morris Gross both believed the case to be genuine, despite also believing that Janet and her sisters were playing tricks on them. At one point in their all-night vigil, you know, they would see stuff like, whilst Janet was genuinely getting woken up and thrown around, there were other times when she would wake up and like creep downstairs and they'd be like, she's obviously like trying to play a trick on us. Right, right, but right. Everything else so overshadowed those times when Janet was being mischievous that yeah. they still believe the case to be true. Janet, in a recent interview, said, It lived off me, off my energy. Call me mad if you like. Those events did happen. The poltergeist was with me, and I feel that, in a sense, he always will be. And interestingly, for the house itself, after Peggy Hodgson, the mother in this story, uh, sadly died of cancer. Uh, one Claire Bennett and her four sons moved into the house. In the last couple of years, Claire said, I didn't see anything, but I felt uncomfortable. There was always some kind of presence in the house. I always felt like someone was looking at me. She said that her sons would wake in the night hearing people talking and stuff. And then she found out about the house's history. She said, suddenly it all makes sense. And they moved out uh, just a couple of months later. So Rory, over the last two episodes, I've thrown a lot of information at you. A lot of names, a lot of people involved in this. A lot of paranormal uh, occasions that happened over the course of a full year. What are your initial thoughts? What a case. This is a huge one. It's great to see so much physical evidence in a case. The audio recordings, the photographs, all these testimonies from a number of different people, uh, professionals in a number of different fields as well, um, especially paranormal activity that spans this amount of time. You know, this wasn't a night. This wasn't a week. This thing went on for the better part of a year. People practically moved in and just started working on it full time. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine what this house was like during uh, the season of seances. It's It sounds crazy. I'm a little, I'm, you know, I'm still a little skeptical because from my limited knowledge of this case, uh, I don't think it was mentioned in your conclusion. Didn't Janet or the kids come out and admit that they faked a bunch of it? Listen. Because wasn't that in the movie as well? Or am I imagining that? Uh, That they were like, I mean, so the movie, it turned out it was a a giant demon because I'm pretty sure they fought it at the end and had to banish it. Yeah, they did. Uh, No, it's, it's a great point. Like I said, Guy and Morris were aware of Janet's um, mischievous pranks she would pull. Uh, And like I said there, Janet to this day's take on things is that it was all real. Okay. But what she did admit to is playing pranks on Guy and Morris. (laughs) You can't be playing pranks while you're also claiming to be haunted. She's 12 years old. That's not how this works. Her quote was that she said... 2% 2% of what happened was pranks. Of course she said. She's like, all the shit that you got really mad about, that was actually Billy. That was Billy. That wasn't, I had no control over it. The shit on the wall, that was Billy. Honestly. Unless, did you think it was funny? If you thought it was funny, that was me. You you know, that, that was 100% Billy. The me sliding face first on the carpet, that was all me. <laughs> that was me. Oh, you thought you didn't like, that was Billy. That was Billy then. <laughs> Billy pushed me. 2%. Of all okay. the uh, mm. happenings, 
But yeah, it's it's a great point. These are my biggest holdups with the cases. One, the fact that the kids, you know, are little tricksters. And t- and two, this house is crazy. When you've got a seance every night, kids flying through the sky and shadows walking around your house. Sure. If the door creaks, that was a demon scream. If there's a mouse, that is a ghost. If the Domino's delivery guy knocks on the wall, he's saying, he's not saying, let me in, I have the pepperoni. He's saying, that is Satan himself (laughs) coming to take the souls of the living. Anything that that they're looking at in this house is going to be perceived as paranormal. It's like having beer goggles, but for ghouls. Beer googles. No, that's the wrong one. Ghoul googles. Googles. <laughs> I can't be any more f***ing clear than that, Kit. For me, this one becomes so borderline where there's a pretty storied, evidenced, convincing case. And it, for me, it kind of comes down to like little things. And what are our little giveaways uh, for or against this being truly paranormal, you know, some of the kind of creepy things that might convince you to this being real are like the fact that Janet made these noises, which me and you agree don't come from a 12 year old girl. Yeah. I mean, not to mention like whenever you're 12 years old, how are you making up these, how are you researching and then retelling these stories of a guy who went blind, had a hemorrhage and died and has since started haunting the house. And the only way to get rid of him is to pray for him. Yeah, that's that's where's that coming from? And I mean, even if she's just like improvising all this shit off the dome, how does she know she has that voice? Yeah. And then Morris claims to like tape up her mouth and make her drink water. And she apparently can still do these voices. Um, not only that, but the researchers determined that the voice she was making was being created by a part of the voice box that allegedly we only really use when we've lost our voice. We all know that when we've lost our voice, we have this insanely low um, guttural kind of sound that most people can only use for a couple seconds or minutes at a time before it becomes too difficult to continue. Whereas Janet was doing like three-hour seances, speaking as Bill. However, there are holes in the case. Like you said, the fact that the girls admitted to and were caught playing tricks on the investigators. More than one researcher pointed out the fact that uh, the ghost of Bill, despite speaking so convincingly through Janet, seemed to pretty much have the vocabulary of a 12-year-old girl. Right. And seemed to be kind of interested in the things that Janet was interested in. (laughs) Which, you know, raises up an interesting thing in its own right. If you get possessed, does the ghost have access to, like, words that the host doesn't understand? That's a good point. That's a really good point, yeah. You know, like, is the, ho- is the host going to be able to suddenly start speaking Portuguese if little Janet is English, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it's something to think about. But we don't get to think about it for too long. At the end of every episode, we have to come down on a conclusion as to whether oh, this case is truly paranormal or not. Rory, are you saying yes? Are you saying no? What's it going to be today? Look... One of the other problems I have with this case is the fact that Janet, every time she leaves the house, Bill leaves too. Sure. When they went on holiday, the voices stopped, the activity stopped. When she went to the hospital, it all stopped as well. Yeah. 
I mean, if he is a spirit that's trapped in the house, he should be able to communicate through other means that aren't just talking through a child. Okay. Granted, there's some pillow tossing. These, those are the weird things there's I don't some, really know how to some explain. some shit smearing. Yeah, that's weird. That one's really weird. I don't know. I, it's hard to tell whether this is a truly paranormal case or if this is a house of people who got very carried away and... By and through fuel on the fire by inviting people whose profession it is to believe in the paranormal <laughs> to come and investigate this. Because we didn't see too we saw like a number of people from a scientific background come and investigate it, but we didn't hear much about what their conclusions were. Yeah, we had a couple of psychologists. I don't really know where they landed on it all. I know in some cases, the investigators were saying, yo, you, you guys need to get a, an exorcism done. You need to get a priest in here. Right. Typical paranormal investigator stuff. I know that one investigator for sure said, listen, lay off the exorcisms and get like a psychologist in here. Okay, get smart Get some dude. Like, medical professionals in here, um, which I thought was very pertinent because that's good science. Because at the very least, if you get in someone who's going to just de-escalate everything that's happening you can at the very least work out the signal from the noise yeah exactly exactly and there wasn't a lot of that going on no people are mostly <laughs> lighting a fire under everyone's ass we're inviting dutch cowboys to, to come and examine all the rooms it's it's really not going to help uh, the situation the kids are probably getting excited because now there's all this, this buzz and fun people are paying more interest in janet than ever before all these little pranks are are, are fun she's having a great time i mean i didn't even get into it because there's so i mean there's documentaries made about this even at the time uh there's so much stuff that i couldn't show but you do see in interviews with the kids at the time they were loving it they're having a great time right they were laughing about it i mean they were being serious too but they were enjoying themselves and you know at one point janet is kind of like having a laugh and she's like eh, it's not really haunted and then her sister says shut up and she's like yeah it is haunted and it's like what there, there's this kind of like fun she like, got caught in it with a hot mic <laughs> It's the paranormal scandal of the decade. She had a radio mic on. She was in the goddamn bathroom. (laughs) She said it was a joke. It's a a mess, this whole thing. Right. And all that Morris and Guy could go on is that there was more paranormal shit than not. And that's why they thought it happened. But hey, I'll give it to anyone who doesn't want to go there and believe. Yeah. All right. I think it's a great story. A lot of good stuff going on. It's missing a couple bits for me. I was a little disappointed okay. in the levitation pictures. Okay. I was hoping that was going to be the thing that, that clutched it for me. Yeah. But it really does look like a child jumping off of a bed. Okay. Folks, I I definitely recommend investigating these for yourself. I'm sure they're probably not very hard to find. You can Google Enfield hauntings, levitation. Any of these pictures are going to come up. A lot of spooky stuff, but I got to follow my heart. And this week, my heart says it's a no. Well, you're a f***ing traitor and your heart uh, might as well be staying on Earth because I'm going to be in the Galactic 12 as a believer. It's a yes this week. It's a yes? I get the jacket. I'm going to space. What? We have a disagreement here on this paranormal life. It oh happens very God. occasionally. Maybe the third time we've ever disagreed uh, on some, podcast? Something like that. Uh, yeah, for me, I don't know what, what is going on here. I don't, I like everyone involved in this. I don't believe a hundred percent of it. I don't think a hundred percent of it's supposed to be believed. Right. Um, but I think something, something inexplicable went on. Whenever you watch those videos, 
You can hear the knocking, the voices, the weird shit that's happening all around them at every turn. And I think there's something there. Uh, but I'd love to know what, what the listeners think, because if they think I'm a giant dumbass, uh, I'd honestly love to hear it. So send it over to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Wow. Insane story. Thank you to everyone who suggested that we cover that. Uh, I really enjoyed investigating it. I was a round of applause, everyone, for Kick Gear. That was a big case. It was a big two-parter. It really picked up at the end there. I felt I was a little harsh on the first half. I put you on blast there because it wasn't too much, but you, you really backloaded that bad boy. That was a lot. And I managed to uh, keep all the negative comments in the back of my mind for the duration of that episode, but wow, they are just in a torrent, just uh, just barrage of waterboarding my psyche right now. Uh, hopefully it's hard this to think can, of anything else. Hopefully this can clean the slate. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully they won't blast me too much. Please don't uh, blast me. If somehow you've listened to part one and part two of the Enfield haunting, um, and still somehow you are some uh, hungry ghost, some insatiable demon uh, that cannot, or maybe you're stuck on the Galactic 12 flight to Mars for the next <laughs> six months and you need content. Yeah. You need episodes. You forgot to uh, set your phone to enable cellular downloads and uh-oh, you're stuck on the Starship boring enterprise for the next six months. Um, log on to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life where from five bucks a month you get access to bonus episodes. There's a lot of them, in fact. I don't know if it's going to make up six months on an intergalactic journey. It'll uh, <laughs> it'll kill some time for sure. You also don't really have to worry about it because as a podcaster, I'll be on the flight with you. Turn to your left. That's right. I'm saluting you right now as we gaze off into the distance of the galaxy because I'm guaranteeing I'm going to make the Galactic 12. Mr. Gosling, if you're listening, I, I just want to uh, quick rattle off of my CV. Uh, okay, but there's no way we have time for that. I'm brave. I'm, I'm, That's your CV? I'm obedient. I want to hear it now. I, I'm loyal to a goddamn tea, to a goddamn coffee. I I can I'll I'm truthful I'll Have never lie but also a CV if you before? want me to lie for you sir I will I will lie my little okay, ass don't off. say that I can keep a secret but I can also rat I'll rat on anyone any one of you <laughs> don't say that I'm just imagining Ryan is like hey Rory man I'm I'm actually really enjoying enjoying the shows you think you could do a podcast tonight you're like once a week you gotta pay me more if you. They're like, this is the entire reason you're here is entertainment. <laughs> Sorry, what tier are you on? What tier are you on on Patreon? Mr. Gosling? Sir? He gets you in a headlock. Oh, is this one of your skills? That's right. There is a treasure trove of bonus episodes just waiting for you over there. Uh, above that in 20 bucks tier, you can also get a This Paranormal Life cult shirt. Hey, maybe in the future there will be a Galactic 12 jacket. We got to look into that. Did it? Did we ever give them a catchphrase? <laughs> I don't remember. It wasn't to infinity and beyond, but it wasn't something. Hey, you know what? If you can think of the perfect slogan for the Galactic Twelve, why not email it into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the Twitter at this paralife. Normally, we end the show with uh, shout outs, but we've run crazy long this week. We're gonna pick it up next week um, with some extras. We'll be back on Tuesday to investigate a brand new paranormal tale. Tune in then. See you next week. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.